Uh, before we get going, I want to thank our sponsor, our longtime sponsor, Luna Display. Luna Display, the only hardware solution that turns your iPad into a wireless display for your Mac. Finally, you can use your iPad as a super portable second display for your Mac with stunning image quality and virtually zero lag. Luna Display can be set up in just a few seconds and it works instantly over your existing Wi-Fi connection or uh, via USB for when you don't have Wi-Fi. Luna also works as a complete extension to your Mac with full support for external keyboards, Apple Pencil, and touch interactions. It literally turns your Mac into a touchable device. Right now, Let's Talk iOS listeners can get a great discount of 10% on Luna Display. You can visit lunadisplay.com and enter promo code TALK at checkout. That's lunadisplay.com, promo code TALK at checkout. So last week's episode, we spent uh, most of that episode talking about, well, we graded our uh, WWDC fantasy draft, and then we kind of recapped the event. Now that it's a week afterwards, uh, I just kind of wanted to go back and talk about maybe some stuff that kind of stuck around with us. I know you've been able to put iOS 13 on your device. Um, I am still looking for my iPhone SE. So if you see my iPhone SE, give me a shout because that's the device I'm going to be installing this on. Um <laughs> But uh, I want to hear some of your thoughts on on iOS 13 as you've been able to play with it, and then. But first, you know, um, I don't know. Did you catch John Gruber's uh, interview? You know, he always does this big uh, interview, live interview at WWDC with somebody pretty big from Apple. I listened to it from one of my ears, but I had my other ear doing something else. Um, so yes, while I did listen to it, I you know, I, I didn't catch much of it to be frank. Okay. Yeah, I don't I don't blame you because I tried listening to it last night. Well, I guess I did listen. I listened to most of it. But it's very technical. And I don't know if I just for some just miss like uh misjudged John Gruber's obviously a very smart guy. If you don't know him, he runs the Daring Fireball blog. It's kind of like this darling solo blog for Apple. I mean, the guy gets invited to every place they invite journalists to, and he gets access to. He had Craig Federighi, um, which is the SVP of uh, iOS. Um, is it all software, or is it just iOS? I I always forget that. Uh, I, I think it's software in general. Well, yeah, because it's iOS and Mac. I'm I'm an idiot. Anyways, um, he gets access to Craig Federighi, and then also Greg Joswiak. Joswiak, yeah. Um, so you had two very high-level Apple executives on stage, and you just gets to talk to them. Now, part of the problem with that is you, you know, like they, there's an expectation of what you're going to be able to talk about. Like there, at least you know, unless it happened in the last ten minutes, I didn't hear any mention of the keyboards, you know, the MacBook keyboards. And I know this is a WWDC interview, right? So that's not really going to be on the menu, but it's that you know, you kind of hope it's brought up or. There was just tougher questions, even in re- in regards to WWDC. Like I didn't hear them. They kind of breezed over or joked over the the thousand dollar stand, right? That seemed to be a sticking point for people. I don't think it's that big a deal because you're talking about high prices, anyways, right? It's a five thousand dollar monitor. Is it dumb to have a thousand dollar stand? Yeah, but that's like having a five hundred dollar monitor and a hundred dollar Visa mount stand. Like it's just not that crazy to me, as as some of the media has blown it out to be, but. Again, there's no mention of that. You almost just feel like there's a little bit of lip service being done here. Um, I will say that I like the fact that you heard them kind of joke and and poke fun at their mistakes, right? Like they poked fun at the trash can Mac Pro, which they've done before. 
But I just, you can't see a company like Samsung or some of these other big tech companies with executives in front of a very public audience like this just kind of poking fun at their fails, you know, like they're just outright fails. And I guess, you know, they're about as sincere about it as millionaires, you know, joking about their tiny, you know, insignificant mistakes. But again, that's just something that stuck out to me. So uh, if you haven't heard it, listen to it. But again, like there was something that it was tough, kind of tough to follow. There was a lot of inside baseball. You know, they talk about uh, when you start talking about Swift and uh, UI kit and things like that, like, it starts to kind of go over my head. Right. And I try to follow along, but it's very, it gets very technical, especially when you talk about the improvements. Like, oh, now you can do this and this and this. And I'm just, you know, I've, I felt like I was struggling to follow along. So it's not like I ever put Gruber in that class of like the everyman, like, hey, he's, you know, he's explains things in plain English. But I always thought he did a good job of, of kind of simplifying things. And this was just a little bit tougher to listen to. But again, you're talking two high level executives from Apple and they're giving you great access just a day after this huge keynote. Um, and there's some nice little gems in there, I thought. So anyways, if you haven't heard it, uh, it's probably worth checking out. It's definitely worth checking out. Yeah. Again, <laughs> like as I was listening to it, I was like, man, I don't remember this being, for lack of a better term, just dense. You know, like especially they start off talking about hardware and then it goes into the Mac software and then it goes into iOS 13. Um, and between the the kind of denser conversation and the... Uh, I was, you know, I was hoping, I was like, okay, he's going to bring this up probably. And then he didn't. And you're just like, oh, I bet that's just part of the, the wink deal, you know, like, yeah. hey, let's not mention this. Yeah. And, and that was almost like an easy interview uh, for him to do, because I think that the general sentiment about this overall uh, keynote and also the entire week of WWDC uh, was extremely positive from remotely everybody, um, you know, from developers, uh, from uh, people, you know, people like you and us, we're not developers, but we're commentators and, and we can appreciate what's being announced and, and, and the nature of the new features that are announced. And, and we can compare this to, uh, to the past, you know, some WWDC were pretty uh, dull. This one didn't feel uh, like this. Um, so I feel like for, for John Gruber, that was probably much easier to get into uh, this interview and sitting down with these two high-profile execs from Apple because it, he knew it was just going to be talking about good stuff. You know, there was no, um, there was no um, um, negative um, topics that he had to to talk about or mention because it was just mostly positive stuff, like from from all angles. Yeah, maybe like just like a circle high fives, you know, just going on after after a very what seems like a very successful event. Um, something that popped out to me, too, was you uh, remember how our wild card question from the fantasy draft was uh, um, the time, yep. the running time for the entire event? Yep. Well, uh, Craig Federighi mentioned uh, that they um have been they try to keep it under they were like we could have when it, when we first put the keynote together weeks ago it was three hours yeah and he kind of poked a uh, yeah he kind of poked a little joke at uh i think it was google or somebody and he said we've had some of our friends out here try to do three hours and they just don't turn out very well so we try to keep it at around two hours to the two hour and 15 minute mark 
And he said, and that's where we've been the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. So I was like, man, I, my guess was terrible, man. <laughs> I could have just went back and looked like the last two years and went, oh, okay, they do these longer now. Um, so I thought that was a nice little tidbit. Also, uh, that uh, they said they have a team, or maybe it's just a person, but they have someone looking at how long that like they can tell how long it takes each presenter to uh present a slide like how many slides can you get through in a minute kind of deal and so when you have that you can really start to pace things out and i just it really highlighted the the high level that um they attack these keynotes with and i think you still see it you know maybe not as much um as as you used to right see the difference in apple's uh events as opposed to others i think other people are just getting good and apple has just kind of stayed good Mm -hmm. but uh, i still think there's a noticeable difference right yeah 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 and you can imagine it must be a really really hard job to edit this three hour first draft into two hours and 15 minutes or two hours um, because 45 minutes gone yeah that's 45 minutes gone and and some of it is just you know rehearsing and so you get faster at presenting your stuff but some of it is just like cutting off stuff completely entirely from the keynote so then you have this hard job decision making job of of trying to figure out okay what are we going to cut off like what's less important than the next thing we're going to talk about on stage so this alone must be um like a like pretty high level decision making like you know it's not just one guy behind the computer on photo on um on PowerPoint or something saying like, right. okay, we're just going to delete this one and that one. Like it's like, you know, like huge impact on, on what we see the next day on the keynote. Yeah. I picture, um, you know how the, uh, you hear about, uh, actors will go and they'll be in a movie and they'll tell all their friends and family that they're going to be in a movie. And then you go see the movie and it turns out that their scene got cut. Like right. their big scene got right, cut. Right, right. I feel bad. Like that there's this, developer out there who's got like an indie game that's up and coming his name's like jeremy and you know uh tim cook had to turn to him towards the end and just be like sorry jeremy we got to cut your section out <laughs> he's like no everybody's coming <laughs> you don't understand i told uh, my neighbor <laughs> <laughs> this is gonna be my big break and tim's just like gives him a badge and he's like you can still come to the event if you want with a, a nice little uh, slap on the cheek you know like yeah, boy, <laughs> cheer up yeah cheer up we'll feature you in the today's section of the app store one time <laughs> Oh yeah, that's kind of mean, but I, they have to, you know, I'm not saying they're going to cut like full games out like that, but they definitely have to cut probably large chunks that somebody was excited about talking about or, uh, cause they have several presenters on stage gone are the days I think when it's just like, you know, Phil Schiller up on stage. In fact, I don't, can't remember the last time we saw him on stage, maybe it was September. Yes. Um, but, uh, just, uh, gone are the days where one or two or even just like, you know, five, presenters are on stage it seems like they're closer to 10 now you know something they could have cut off as we're talking about games and stuff something in in my opinion they could have cut off was this 10 minute presentation of minecraft yeah like every time they do this ar presentation and they are like like painfully long and it looks cool but it's never you know it's i feel like we're always seeing the same thing uh, and 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 they they drag on forever and so I was watching this, uh, like when we were watching it live, I was kind of like, Ugh, this is kind of, uh, you know, looking at my, my watch. We're like, yeah, when, when do we move on? And when I rewatched the event, uh, the, the video of it, I just 
skipped this entirely. Like there was 10 minutes of, of, uh, uh, that I skipped to <laughs> and, and save because there was, there's not much to it. I mean, I guess when you're into, uh, AR, when you're a developer and you're into AR and that's very, uh, important to you to see these new tools and demonstrations of the new tools provided by Apple. Um, but to me, like sitting behind my screen, it feels like I'm always watching the same stuff, you know, like a big Lego castle being built up, a Minecraft guy with like a little um, uh, bucket of something digging for dirt. Or I don't know what it is. It's just like it, it, it's not it's not very compelling to watch these. Well, and as you said, it's it feels like we're seeing the same thing, at least for the last two years. Right. Since the introduction of AR kit, we've seen so many of those these videos and not just at WWDC. Right. But at the September iPhone events too, right? Because they're trying to flex and show off their new hardware, their new uh, iPhones, new iPads. So we've seen a number of these over the years. And I agree, it's not like you see one now and go, whoa, that's way better than the one I saw previously. Yeah. And I feel like we, you know, we talk down on AR a lot because we haven't ourselves uncovered the magic. If if you're somebody out there listening, you're going, I don't understand what these guys don't understand. Um, I, I always say this, but feel free to hit us up on Twitter or, or however and and send us examples. I've seen a lot of cool examples actually on Twitter. There was – I don't know if they're still running this account, but there was a uh, a Twitter account that was like dedicated to either retweeting or posting uh, really cool uh, demo videos of AI. And again, we're just kind of still in that demo stage, right? That's why those videos are cool. That's why – that's who Apple has come up on stage are these demos. It's not something I have in my hand where I'm seeing. So anyways, feel free to reach out with those and be like, hey, you're missing this, idiots. And, you know, I'd love to check that out because it's obviously a cool technology. Nobody's disputing that. Nobody's disputing that. Um, and I'll tell you another really cool example is how they're, the Mac Pro, the Mac Pro computer. Have you seen this? Um, just videos from the hands-on area from the event where you could basically you could set the Mac Pro on a desk, you could look at it through the iPad. I think you can even do this on your own, actually. Yeah, I did that actually with my iPhone. You, you're gonna, um, I'll try to find the link for the show notes. If you go to the Mac Pros page on Apple's website, there is uh, a link at the bottom where you can experience the Mac Pro in your house or something. It's basically uh, AR that uh, puts the Mac Pro anywhere you want, like on your desk, you know, uh, in your car, on your roof, wherever, you, <laughs> wherever you want it. Uh, it's, it's pretty cool to, to, to play with. It's, it's kind of like the, these Ikea-like um, apps that can place furniture into your home so you can see what it looks like and stuff. This is the same principle um, applied to, to the Mac, to the Mac Pro. But you can also expand it, um, explode it, basically, right? The exploded view where it will separate all the components and you can see um, each, all of the components spread out in like this cool 3D image. Um, again, it's not something I've tried myself, but it's something I've seen in, in videos and I just thought it looked cool. And again, so just to kind of make my point, AR looks cool. It's a very cool technology, but I just, I haven't found a way for myself to use it um, on a regular basis, you know, whatsoever. Uh, for our apps of the week roundup, I will often download, you know, one of these cool AR apps and then, you know, I'll try to show it off to somebody. And it nine times out of ten, it just doesn't work like I thought of, like I expected it to, you know, it's like cannot find surface. And so I'm like, and that's gotten better over the years. Don't get me wrong, but you know, I still have problems like, please find a flat surface. And I'm like, all right, hold on, hold on. This is going to be cool. I swear. And then you think you got a flat surface and it's like, um, holding too close, please step back. 
all right, I'm going to step back a little bit. And, you know, it's just kind of awkward. It's just, it's not there yet for me. Um, so we'll have to see, see how that matures. Is there anything else that stood out to you from the event? Uh, no, that's about it. Are you still in shock over the price of the uh, Mac, uh, the XP Pro monitor? No, I mean, didn't we talk about this last week? It's I felt like it's an well, yeah, but it's, it's an issue for people like you and me because we are not the target market for this product. Like, not even close. Not even like close. not even remotely. Close, not even yeah. close. Like it, it, it's not like don't even think that uh, the Mac Pro is probably for you because if you if you're wondering if it's for you, it's it's not for you. <laughs> just to begin with, you know, it's just right. it's just not like if you're wondering if it's for you, get an iMac Pro. That that's it, you know, or get like a super powerful iMac or an, an iMac Pro. This is really really for professionals. Like I feel like we've been uh, desensitized by Apple with the Pro moniker in its in its uh, in its uh, product names because we have the MacBook Pro and we have the iPad Pro. And they're not really pro machines. They're more like prosumer machines. I mean, especially the MacBook Pro, you know, like it's, it's just a, a prosumer machine. It's not like a machine right. like dedicated for the true real professionals, the guy who's working in Hollywood making the next Jurassic Park movie. <clears throat> That's not the case. But this, the Mac, this new Mac Pro is indeed a pro machine. Like it has nothing for the, like the average consumer in, in it especially not the price. Um, so I think, you know, like people who are choking on this should realize that they are not the market for it. And the people who are the target market are, don't care. They don't care about the price. You know, like it's six grand, whatever I pay six grand. The monitor is five and, you know, another thousand for the stand. Fine. If I want to stand, I'll pay the other thousand. I don't think uh, this is like much of an issue for people who are in the market for this kind of product. Yeah, no, that's very well said. It's funny, you also mentioned uh, if, if the Mac Pro is not for you, buy an iMac Pro, but those are still five grand. <laughs> so Yeah, but you have the stand. You're basically, <laughs> you have the stand right. and the keyboard and the monitor. You have everything yeah. and the mouse or the trackpad, depending. And it comes in, in the space. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, I, I mean, it, it's, it's, you have a complete package. When you buy a Mac Pro, you just have mac pro like the tower and then you know like add your own keyboard and stuff to it even though it might it might come with a keyboard i don't know i didn't look in what's what's included in the box (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think it comes with the keyboard and mouse that's why those space gray accessories were so popular there for a little bit uh um and then apple of course released released the version of it i think um yeah, I get what you're saying. I almost, I still can't help but think that it's, it might have been, it's not a mistake, obviously. Apple hit a home run with these. They've gotten great feedback. Um, as you said, people that are going to be buying these machines are very happy with it. They've been calling for a, a new Mac Pro ever since Apple said, we screwed up on the trash can one. We're going to go back to the drawing board. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's a mistake here, but I think that, in the in the communication there's a there's a drop off somewhere because i don't think it's just you know people in the industry tech nerds uh people like you and me that tuned in to WWDC i have friends that aren't super tech savvy that still got wind of you know iOS 13 being announced oh cool i can't wait to do the dark mode in my in my you know whole in my phone it's going to make it look cooler or oh hey this feature looks neat um, I don't think it went super mainstream, but I just think it goes. It spreads further than what 
a lot of people think a developer conference like this would turn. Right. And so when you tune in to look at the future of consumer products like iPhones and iPads and, you know, Mac OS, it's you ex- you don't expect there to be such a big gap between, OK, I'm looking at consumer products. Now Apple's going to talk to the pros for just a second and this doesn't need to concern me. You know, it's just it's hard to make that disconnection. Like there's a disconnect there. It's hard to make that leap from, OK, this is going to be on my iPhone in the fall. Oh, here's a computer that's probably for me, too. Oh, no, it's not. You know, I, I again, I feel like I'm over exaggerating a little bit, but I think that. There was that's why there's some confusion there is because you're spending the rest of the time talking about things that is for everybody, right? iOS 13, Mac OS Catalina, these are for everybody, but the Mac Pro is just not, and neither is the stand, and neither is the monitor. Um, they did mention on uh, Gruber's uh, interview that um, the comparison, right, the the kind of target they were going for with the 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 display is. We wanted to beat that one from Sony that's forty eight grand or forty three grand or whatever, which they clearly did between uh, feature set and also the price. Right, the price is five grand, six grand if you go matte, maybe seven grand if you go with a stand. But they beat it pretty handily. Uh, I don't know what the other competition looks like. There could be some other offerings that are also in their price range, but the one they were going to beat uh, was significantly more expensive. So. I don't, that's just kind of where, you know, I've tried to look back on that because that was the only part where the audience didn't clap, right? Right when that stand came out, there was, I don't know if they were boos, but there was definitely gasps, like, oh my gosh. And so with that being the only kind of like, um, negative talking point people seem to have, I've, I've kind of given it some thought and just, you know, really tried to understand if Apple feels like it maybe was a mistake going here, I don't think it is again because everybody who's the computer's for has said that it's a home run. But uh, you know, just trying to understand that section better. Yeah. Okay, I, I definitely want to hear what you've uh, thought about iOS 13 now that you've got it installed on your iPad. But first, uh, let's get a quick break and get a word from our sponsor. Yes, as I was telling you at the beginning of the show, Luna Display is the only hardware solution that can turn your iPad into a wireless display for your Mac. You can use your iPad as a very portable second display for your Mac with stunning image quality and virtually zero lag. Luna Display can be set up in just a few seconds. Uh, you just plug in a USB uh, dongle into your uh, Mac and you just launch the Luna Display companion application on your iPad and boom, here you are, you're going. It works over Wi-Fi, which is just great because it's completely wireless. But if you don't have Wi-Fi, if you're traveling, you're in a hotel room with the Wi-Fi, you're in a train or an airplane or something, you can also use Luna Display over USB. Uh, Luna also acts as a complete extension to your Mac with four support for external keyboards, Apple Pencil, and touch interactions. This is very important. I'm going to tell you more about that. It literally turns your Mac into a touchable device. Now, some of you have been asking me, why would anyone want to buy a Luna Display when Apple's sidecar is right around the corner? Well, it's pretty simple. Luna Display still offers much more than sidecar has to offer in terms of functionalities. For example, while sidecar is limited to a 10-meter range, uh, so 10 meters, uh, that's what, uh, 30, roughly 30-feet range, um, Luna's connection extend as far as your Wi-Fi network network goes. So if your Mac is in the office upstairs or in the bedroom upstairs or something, you can still work on your iPad with Luna Display in the backyard or in the front yard or in the garage or in the basement as far as 
you have a Wi-Fi connection uh, shared between uh, your your Mac and your iPad. And that's true portability right here because you're not limited by a, a, a small range. Um, if you aren't running a newer Mac model, a sidecar also won't be of any help as it will not be supported on your machine. However, Luna works on nearly all Macs from 2018, uh, 2011, sorry, and, and later. So if you have an old Mac, uh, if you have like a 2014 MacBook or something, um, Sidecar is not going to work on, on your Mac. However, uh, Luna Display will. So that makes a big difference, you know, like that's a flagship feature, but if it doesn't work on your computer, it doesn't do you any good. And now, maybe the bigger deal here, at least to me, is that unlike Luna Display, Sidecar doesn't support touch interactions, which means you can't um, interact with your iPad using your fingers uh, on Sidecar. But you can do that on Luna Display. And to me, that is a big deal because that's probably my favorite feature of Luna Display, like being able to use my, uh, my iPad, to, to have macOS on my iPad and play with it, not having to use a keyboard, not having, having to use the pencil, even though I can if I want to. This is, uh, this is the best thing to me about Luna Display. And don't believe all these people who say that macOS wasn't designed for touch interactions and it's impossible to use it with your fingers because that's just not true. It's true that it wasn't designed for touch, but it's not true that you can't interact with um, macOS on your iPad with touch. Right? The touch targets are definitely smaller. You know, if you want to close a window or something like this, like this little red uh, circle in the upper left corner of the window is, you know, it's smaller, but it's not like you have gigantic arms and that you are trying to reach something that's 20 feet away from you. It's your iPad, it's on your lap, it's in your hand, or it's in front of you on the table. It's definitely um, easy to interact with your fingers. And again, that's my favorite thing about Luna Display. I've been interacting with my iPad running macOS with, um, with Luna Display for months now, and it works just fine. But really, don't just take my word for it. Uh, give it a try for yourself. And seriously, you won't regret it. And now is the right time to give it a try because Let's Talk iOS listeners can get an exclusive 10% discount on Luna Display. Visit lunadisplay.com and enter the promo code TALK at checkout. It's lunadisplay.com, L-U-N-A-D-I-S-P-L-A-Y.com. Enter promo code TALK, T-A-L-K at checkout, and you get 10% off. Our thanks to Luna Display for sponsoring this show. Okay, awesome. Um, so... You have installed, we've said this like three times now, but you've installed iOS 13 on your iPad. Kind of walk us through the installation process, and then I've got a ton of questions to, to ask you about uh, the experience and then like the features. All right. So I did last week. I resisted. I was like, uh, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. And I, I, I was telling you uh, on Slack, I'm traveling, or maybe I told Christian, regardless, I'm traveling quite a bit in the next few weeks. I'm like, I can't you know, run the better stuff on my iPad or on my iPhone, especially on my iPhone. Um, and then I, I cracked, <laughs> I cracked. I was like, no, I can't help it. Like I know I'm traveling. I know I need my stuff, but whatever, I'll just take the risk and, uh, and install, uh, iOS 13. So I didn't want to do it on my iPhone because I was going to be using my iPhone for navigation and, and a bunch of other stuff, uh, for travel. So I didn't want to take a risk here. So I, I said, man, let's do this on the iPad. And I tried to do this, um, and I go into developer center and, you know, I'm looking for this profile to install to do an over-the-air update. And, and you can't actually this year do an over-the-air install of, uh, of the iOS beta. 
I don't know why Apple is doing this. I don't know if it's to slow down or to refrain people from installing the beta, you know, people who have nothing to do with the beta to install the beta, or if it's for other reasons, but I'm sure it's cutting down a lot of potential people to install this thing because it's a little more um, complicated. Not and maybe complicated is not the right one. It's more, more involved. A, it's more involved, yes. Because now, in order to install iOS 13 on your device, and this might change in beta two. I don't know. Like this is as of beta one. Uh, in order to install iOS 13 beta one on your device, you need to either have uh, macOS Catalina on your Mac or Xcode beta on your Mac. And I have none of these. I don't want to. I don't want to set up uh, a partition on my Mac. I definitely don't want to run my main Mac on Catalina on a beta software like this, and um, and I didn't want to install Xcode beta. You know, I have the the the, 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 the public version, and it's I never use it because I have no business using it. Um, but it's there, and it takes forever. It's a huge, like, 11 gigabytes download, I think, or something like this. I was like, I'm not going to do this. It's going to take me forever on my small French connection here. Oh, French connection. I meant the French internet connection, not the uh, game. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh. Anyway, so I finally downloaded Xcode beta on my <laughs> small French connection. <laughs> and uh, it was actually faster than I thought it would be. Uh, it was. It just took a few, maybe 20 or 30 minutes or something. It was much faster than I thought. And then I installed Xcode, and then I finally was able to uh, install iOS 13, even though like the first time, it wouldn't take it. It just said something to, uh, of the order, to, to the order of, uh, uh, there was an issue rest- um, restoring the software on your iPad, um, it just didn't work. I'm like, uh-oh, what's going on? And I tried again, and it took it. It worked. So I, what I did, I did a uh, option uh, update software so that I kept everything. It's basically I updated uh, from iOS 12 to iOS 13. I didn't lose any data or anything like this as if I was doing like a normal you know, iOS update rather than just like wipe out everything and start from scratch. I know it goes against my... Um, uh, my typical workflow, I like to start from scratch, but for a beta, I was like, mm, you know, I'm probably gonna, um, I'm probably gonna wipe out this iPad in September when the, the real iOS 13 comes out. So, um, no need to, to do like a full restore right now. And I installed right. it and I played with it. And, and to be completely honest with you, Cody, I haven't spent much time, uh, with it because as I was telling you before the show, I was gone for like four days, uh, traveling. I didn't actually didn't bring my iPad with me. I just had my Mac and my uh, and my iPhone, and uh, I didn't really have much time. I did play with a, a few things, you know, like and the first thing that you see really after installing iOS 14 is uh, the new home screen. I think there is even like a, a pop up or some sort of a, a, a message that shows telling you that you can add widgets to your home screen. That you can uh, not only you can like swipe to the right. And bring the widgets, but you can also like stick have this widget stick like uh, permanently on the home screen. And I tried this for a little bit, and you can rearrange the widgets and stuff. And and even though I thought beforehand that it was going to be like super helpful, it, I don't know. It seemed to be taking like way too much space and not be as helpful as I would like it to be. Like if anything, I would like to be able to customize uh, what I see on my home screen rather than what I see on my two-day screen widgets. Um, I don't know, maybe this is something that's going to change in the future. Um, so I reverted back to the good old way of uh, not having 
widgets on on my home screen. But the the overall home screen is different too because I think you can <coughs> you you can place more uh, icons on a home screen. I'm not sure uh, what the they number did is. say that. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I see it. That's something I didn't really catch, uh, and I figured it out because now I have. It looks like I have all my apps on one screen. Uh, actually, I do have all my apps on one screen, and uh, the icons are a little smaller and stuff. So, so you can fit definitely much more icons on on the home screen, which is a nice addition because you don't need gigantic icons. You know, like really, uh, if I, if you can save me a swipe to go to the next page, um, that's that's a benefit uh, to me. And uh, played with uh, a little bit of uh, a dark mode, of course. It's actually still in dark mode. It's permanently in dark in dark mode, which I'm still not a fan of. I'm trying to get um used to it um we'll see we'll see if that takes um something else i tried cody oh my god i tried that so hard <laughs> pairing the magic mouse <laughs> i had pairing the magic mouse to uh to the ipad and it looks like magic mouse is not supported at this time uh for pairing with, with the ipad uh, other bluetooth mice uh, seem to work just fine, but I don't have any. But f- from the feedback I've been getting, like they all work fine except for the Magic Mouse, and I have like the new the Magic Mouse two or something. Um, this one didn't work. It wouldn't even like uh, recognize it or see it. You know, it's not like it failed to 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 pair. It just didn't even discover it to begin with. So hopefully that's something that's gonna be uh, fixed in in a future beta because to me like this is one of the major setting points personally of iOS 13. And I know Apple is going to downplay this. And he's already downplaying this as a, oh, this is just an accessibility feature, you know, for people with um, mobility impairments and things like this. I, you know, when I see like how people, like any everybody is welcoming this feature, this tells me that there is more to it than just accessibility. And if Apple doesn't see it, um, they should clean their glasses because this is very obvious that everybody who interacts with an iPad on a regular basis and trying to use the iPad as a computer, quote-unquote. Um, this is like a, a killer feature. This, and, and everybody's sold on it, uh, even though it's, it's being sold to us as an accessibility feature. So really, I hope Beta 2, um, which should come in the next week or two, uh, will bring support for Magic Mouse because I really want to try using my, my uh, iPad Pro as, as a computer, yeah, there, there is a bunch of things I can do now, especially because that's my next point. Safari is indeed more powerful than it was before. It's still not desktop class um, browser, like Apple was saying. We're far from the desktop class browser. You know, like I still have a much more powerful features like the develop menu and the, you know, right click and view source and all that stuff on Safari on my Mac. But it works so much better on websites. And I, I didn't try a million of them. I tried two that I use on a regular basis, and that's um, um, what's it called? Google Docs and uh, what is it called? Uh, Sheets or Google uh, yeah, Google Docs, I guess. Google Docs <laughs> and Google Sheets. Google Sheets is the spreadsheet one. Yeah. Um, so these are two uh, that I use quite often. Uh, that gave me trouble before. Uh, work relatively good. It's not perfect. Uh, quite yet, uh, but it works really, really well. Um, it's not as hard to use as it used to be. And of course, the other one, Cody, is uh, the back end of IDB, WordPress, powered by WordPress. Right. And uh, um, from my limited time on it, again, I, you know, I, it's been very limited, uh, but it seems so much better. 
it seems so much better. You can, it looks like you can actually um, edit a post in on your iPad in Safari on on WordPress uh, without too much trouble. Uh, that's something I really. That's something I really want to try this with an i with a, a mouse and a keyboard. Um, <clears throat> but I'll definitely give it some more uh, testing uh, this week to try to edit, you know, with my fingers, edit posts uh, from uh, from the iPad. And if it does work uh, as good as I've uh, seen it to work so far, I think this is going to be a, a pretty big deal for for you and me, Cody, and for everybody who uses. Um, this kind of uh, a website that were not treated very well by Safari before. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll mention one last thing is um, that I noted noted is the gestures. You know, like you have more gestures now for more tasking, and you can you can you have like the new gestures for copy paste and, and selection. And again, I didn't spend too much time on it, but I was super confused. Like even repeating the same gesture didn't always uh, provide the same result. So I know it's it's beta, so I my hopes are not super high, you know. But it was, I, I, I came out of it confused. I was like, okay, I'm doing the exact same thing I just did two minutes ago, and it's do, doing something else on my screen. <coughs> so I, I think what I need to do is, uh, what we need to do in IDB is have like a nice video roundup of all the gestures you can use on the new gestures of iOS 13 for iPad, and and learn these gestures to really master them because I, I think if you don't master them you might as well not use them at all because you're gonna you're gonna uh, end up being confused as I was last week so th- it's a little bit of a, I think there's gonna be a little bit of learning curve here um, you know just a few minutes to just learn these and practice them a few times and 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 get going with it but in my limited time I was pretty confused because that's a lot of new gestures even for like, for the swiping between slide over applications and stuff like this it was kind of confusing um, and uh, and uh, overwhelming um, to to do all these gestures and that's really my um, 10 minutes mini review of my 10 <laughs> minutes with iOS 13 on iPad well I spent more than 10 minutes but uh, my 10 uh, 10 hours of iOS 13 on iPad yeah. Okay. So I've got some, I've got some, a uh, couple questions for you. The first one is on the, uh, uh, the home screen. So obviously, like you were saying, you can have widgets on there now, but they're not really on the home screen, right? You have to slide over. They're more accessible. The today's screen is more accessible, but it's not like you unlock your iPad and there are your widgets. Correct, or am I reading that wrong? You are half correct. You can have it like this. You can swipe right and they come, and you swipe back and they go away. Or you have an option. <coughs> Excuse me. You have an option, a uh, you know, toggle. So you know, like the screen where you can edit the widgets and you can rearrange them. So you can say, I want Fantastical, I want the weather, and I want to move the right. weather at the top. So you can go into that view on your iPad. And at the very top, you have an option, like a little toggle that says, Always show the two-day view. So you can, you know, if I toggle this, like the two-day view is always going to be there. Oh, and I just realized you can drag a widget here to pin as favorite. <laughs> so that might be something. Let's see. That might be something I... I um. So for example, if I want Fantastical to always show the top, that might be something that uh, fixes some of my little issue. Oh. And it crashed. <laughs> uh, okay, I have hit here. Okay, it's it's uh, so you can have it. It's always there. See, I locked I locked the iPad and I 
unlock it and it doesn't see my face because it's behind a microphone and the the screen is right here i mean the the, the widgets are right widgets. here okay. so you can and then you can so it's basically kind of pinned uh to to the home screen and you can um hide it from the home screen which i'm doing now and it's buggy so it's not removing it hiding it quite yet <laughs> but you know when you lock the, the device and unlock it it's uh it's it's hidden again well, while you're on that topic, actually, there's probably some people listening that are wondering if they should install this on. We always recommend, especially the first beta of such a big update like this, we always recommend not doing it on your daily driver, right? And, you know, you, you don't want to have like, like your phone not be operable in a time of emergency or something like that. But uh, for those wondering, uh, reliability wise or stability wise where would you rate this and do you think it's safe to put on maybe like you like your ipad or, or something like that yeah i think it's uh it's fairly stable um uh, i haven't experienced too much stuff uh, i had like this this mini crash like a few seconds ago um that's not you know it's not like the, the ipad rebooted or anything um again from my li- very limited time with it it seems fine I'm still debating with myself whether I should install it on my iPhone. I feel like I'm gonna have to do it. <laughs> I know, I know me, <laughs> but um, yeah, it, it feels pretty good. You have some weird glitches, like you know, I I was I selected to hide the uh, the widgets and they were still showing, you know, for a, a, a short period of time. So you have bugs like this, but uh, playing around in Safari and and other um, features, I didn't uh, experience any kind of uh, slowdown. Uh, my iPad didn't turn into like a, a super hot machine. Um, it, you know, it didn't crash left and right. It feels like as stable as uh, the first iOS 12 beta was last year, if you remember how stable it was for a first beta. And uh, we do have, um, and like you mentioned, you know, it's, and Apple went out of their way to this year to make it clear that um, people shouldn't <laughs> down uh, shouldn't install this. Yeah, yeah, it says important note note for thrill seekers. I, I like this. If you're interested in living on the edge and trying out the great new features in iOS and iPadOS 13, we strongly advise waiting for m- the many bug fixes and refinements coming to the public beta later this month. So Apple itself said it, you know, like just, you know, you know hold it, hold your horses, wait a little bit. There's going to be a public beta. And wait for this if you really want to try um, iOS 13. Um, and uh, we do have, uh, Christian did a, an installation guide for iOS 13. It's super, super detailed. So we don't encourage you to, um, <laughs> I, we don't encourage you to install iOS 13 or iPadOS 13 on your device. But if you are, just check out the, the install guide that we have and the link will be in the show notes um, to make sure that you do this the right way and and avoid potential issues. Um, yeah, so it fairly, you know, I'm, I can't recommend it. Like Apple is clearly saying, don't do it. So I can't go against the grain. Um, I can't recommend it, but I, f- I find it uh, like a very stable release. I kept expecting you to read like the uh, the fine print really quickly. Like IDB is not responsible for anything that happens to your device when you try to install uh, the beta. <laughs> um you know like you hear on those drug commercials where they list like a hundred side effects after they tell you that they're gonna fix your runny nose (laughs) it'll fix your runny nose but you might uh you know non-stop vomiting um anyways uh yeah you know like 
I think so. To your point earlier, you mentioned something about uh, how Apple changed the install process, and you almost wonder if you know because they have that public beta now, right? So they know that if people want to access these new features ahead of time, and if Apple really wants that feedback from these everyday non-tech savvy users, um, they have the public public beta to kind of fall back on. So the developer beta, the one that they really just have to get out there on W on the week of WWDC. They don't have to have all the bugs fixed, you know? So um, I think that might be why they said, okay, let's change up the process here because people who really want it can still get it in the uh, in the public beta. And uh, yeah, you know, like if I'm looking at it, last year I installed the first beta pretty early. I don't remember if it was day one, but it was pretty early. And it, you know what did it for me last year was the fact that it wasn't that big of a release. There weren't that many new features uh, we knew going into WWDC that it was going to be really all about reliability, you know, usability, stability, things like that. And so when you're telling me that going in, that this is what we worked really hard on in this new software, I feel a lot better about that versus when you're telling me, oh, man, we crammed a bunch of new features. Guys, maybe don't install this on your device right now. You know, it's a total different feel. It's a total different message than it was last year. Um, so I think that's why I've been kind of adamant. I'm like, okay, I'm going to find this stupid iPhone SE and I'm going to put it on there because, um, yeah, trying to put on your daily driver, I just feel like could be a, a, a mistake. Um, yep. But, you know, like you said, if people are out there, we do have a guide. And, uh, yeah, you can't stop people from wanting to tinker, right? You can only warn them and be like, hey, maybe this isn't the best idea. Yeah. Uh, I like what you said about WordPress working better on the iPad. That's always been my stickler, right? Because how many times have you, even if you go out of town and you just have your iPad with you, you're like, man, I wish I could just do work with this right here. But no, that's not the case. You've always had to have your Mac in the backpack. Like, okay, if something crazy goes on, I've got to bust that thing out. This is what happened to me this weekend. If I could use my iPad reliably for what I do for work, I would not have bought my, my MacBook Pro. You know, I, I use my MacBook Pro a few minutes each day to do like the very basic work for, uh, uh, for, for, for the site. Uh, but I, I would have gladly left my three pound MacBook at home for, for my lighter iPad and just more enjoyable to use iPad. Uh, so hopefully, you know, hopefully in, in a few months, in a couple of months, uh, in September, uh, so three months or something, we'll be able to do, to do that. Um, leave the Mac behind and, and, and take the iPad with us for lightweight uh, work. That actually brings up another question I had. Because uh, again, I'm really trying to picture doing this. I will totally get an iPad Pro if we can figure this out. How to do you know enough of our work on it that we can just leave the the max at home uh have you tried the multitasking stuff is there and is there new multitasking stuff on the ipad or was that strictly just the iphone where we saw the multiple windows and the flicking through no so that's and that's what that's the gestures i was talking about earlier that were confusing right. to me there is there is stuff like so you can have for example so you can launch tweetbot and so tweetbot oh, tweetbot is for screen and Oh no, it's not. I saw. I was gonna make. See, that's privacy <laughs> enough. So some apps, and I guess that's okay. That's the stock application. So you can have two windows of the same app. So I have the Notes app here, and it's full screen, and I can bring it up as a slide over, or I can also um, make it um, make it like uh, take half of the screen. So I have. It's like having the Notes app 
times two on my screen. I have the Node app on the left and another uh, instance of the Node app to the right. So right now it's a, it's a stock applications. Um, and of course, developers will be able to implement this. So that's that's uh, one new thing uh, about multitasking. And of course, you can have like the slide over. And before you could you were you were limited to one slide over window at a time, um, and w- one slide over app at a time. Now you can have as many as you want, and you can like easily swipe between them. Uh, it's really really neat. Once you get the hang of it, it's really 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 neat because it feels like. It feels like the previous way was just dumb. Like, why did they allow you to have just one app at a time when you can have all the apps at a time on your on your uh, on your iPad? So new, yeah, new new ways of multitasking. Um, I, as I was saying earlier, like I just need to spend more time and explore and learn these gestures better because it's it's still confusing in my head. Yeah, I mean, you're not the first person I've heard kind of not bash, but. You know, uh, talk about how confusing these uh, the new gestures are. So um, you're not alone in that. I just, you know, again, I'm just looking at this like we've talked about what iPad would need to become for us to be able to use it on a daily basis. You know, for our work machine, or even just not even not even daily, but just be able to u- be able to rely solely on it on a on a trip or something versus having to use uh, the Mac. And the points we've always noted are. Safari needs to get a lot better, right? It needs to get almost desktop quality. And uh, it's not there yet, as you mentioned, but I think they made some huge steps here. Uh, And then um, the multitasking, being able to see multiple windows, right? You want multiple windows of Safari open or you want maybe multiple notes open as you try to write, you know, so you can do your research. So you can uh, uh, find like your facts and your points and things like that that you can put into your article. That's another big one. So that's two pieces of fruit that they picked off that tree for us and then the third one was probably mouse support right some way to input uh, and you mentioned that there's no right click uh but i think bigger than that is the selection being able to select text okay i'm gonna do this and i think there's shortcut keyboard shortcuts for the copy so as long as you can select you know and copy that selection um, all with using your mouse and your keyboard and not be hindered there, I think that's a really big deal because that's what I'm doing a lot of um, is highlighting words, copy, maybe I'm deleting a, a large sentence and I don't want to try to do it the touch way via iOS, right? Where you're just trying to like select a whole sentence and you're like, I just want to delete this area. Um, so it just, it seems like they took some big steps forward in most of the areas we've been complaining about on the iPad for, for years. Very cool. I am, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to you having more hands-on time with it, figuring figuring more out. Obviously, I'm looking forward to myself getting some hands-on time with it. I know that we're putting out great uh, posts uh, about these individual features and great videos about with some hands-on with this. So if you're if you're curious about any of this, still we'll have obviously some links in the show notes, but definitely check out the site and see what what we're doing with uh, iOS 13 coverage. Um, I'm hoping that, uh, you're going to be installing iOS 13 on one of your devices soon, actually. So we can, um, uh, talk about it more in details and, and, you know, I might, as I was saying, I might install this on my, on my main daily driver. Like I've always, you know, I always found that installing iOS beta on a test device doesn't really do me any good because I want to live with the new features. I don't want to just like poke around for five minutes at a time. I just want to live with them 
and experience all of them, like the Maps app and the look around stuff. It's not something I just want to play with. It's something I want to use in my daily life to really have a feel for them. Uh, so that's why I, I mean, I, I have like, Four iPhones sitting in front of me, plus my daily driver. I could install, you know, iOS 13 on any of them, but I, I don't really feel like it, like because because I won't experience it completely entirely. So for that reason, I'll probably install it on my daily driver very soon. Yeah, you're kind of selling me on. <laughs> you're kind of selling me on just uh, bucking up and and doing it on my phone as well. And um, yeah. I might have to. I might have to make that move, especially if I can't find my other iPhone. So we'll see. Do it. Uh, I, yeah, I will try to get that done by the next time we talk. So we have uh, more to talk about on that front. And uh, yeah, I think that does it for today. Yes, um, I want to thank our sponsor again, Luna Display. You can visit lunadisplay.com promo code talk to get an exclusive ten percent discount. And uh, I want to thank everybody, of course, for listening. Uh, that's something we don't do enough, uh, but uh, it doesn't mean we don't uh, think about it. So thank you. Thank you guys for listening. If you have a minute, uh, please take some time to uh, rate us or recommend us in your podcast application of choice. If you have questions or comments or reactions, uh, feel free to, uh, to say them, send them to us. Uh, on Twitter, the the names, the Twitter username will be in the show notes. And uh, thank you, Cody, for taking the time to be here with me once again um, for 295 weeks in a row. Because today's episode Woo! 295. That's crazy. Woo! That is crazy. <laughs> that's the most consistent I've ever been on anything. I think. Oh man, I, that same same here. I've never been that consistent with anything. Even though I must, I must be honest. And uh, you can call me out on it. I haven't been on every single episode of Let's Talk iOS because there was a time where I, when I was traveling to France, you know, a few years ago, uh, I was not taking part uh, into into these. So I don't have uh, a clean, perfect attendance record like you do have, my friend. Like you've been on more uh, Let's Talk iOS than I have. So congratulations, two hundred ninety-five weeks in a row, Cody. That's that's a feat. Well, thank you. I don't. I won't argue with you, but I think there's got to be some a couple episodes that I missed in there, or uh, or something. I don't know. I haven't. I'd have to go back and look. But uh, I hey, I appreciate the at least the sentiment there. And uh, we'll be back on the air next week, same place, same time, right? Yep, I'll be here. Bye bye.